Welcome to Mox on the Mic, your exclusive look into all things Chattanooga athletics. Here's your host, Chris Goforth. Welcome in this week to Mox on the Mic. We are going to uh, we'll talk a little volleyball uh, this week. Julie Torbett, Coach T, she is the director of volleyball at UTC. She is going to be with us. Uh, we'll start things off with her. There's some rule changes in volleyball this year that it will have an effect on the floor. We'll talk about those with Coach T coming up in a few minutes. Uh, Darren Van Horn, who uh, leads the the beach volleyball program at UTC, their pro, their uh, action has already got underway. They've already had one trip, got another big weekend coming up as they go to South Carolina. So we'll talk about that with him. So that's what we've got for you today. Appreciate you being with us. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Subscribe, rate, and review Mox on the Mic. We certainly appreciate it. With that being said, let's get into it. Here's our conversation with Coach T. Let's talk a little volleyball. Coach, I appreciate the time. It's it's always fun when uh, we get a chance to uh, to visit. And I know you've been really busy. There's some rule changes happening in volleyball. We will get to those in just a minute. But if we can, I'd like to start first with uh, uh, your squad. As uh, look, you, you guys have been in search of of bringing in some talent. Uh, I like the group from a season ago that you're that you're bringing back, but. Let's talk a little bit about some of the new faces that you have coming in. If you don't mind, uh, I, you've got a freshman uh, that uh, is is from Saudi Daisy, so you're you've got a little bit of a little bit of local talent there. Tell us a little bit about Finley and and her being a part of the program. Well, I'm so excited about Finley. Um, she's dreamed of coming to Chattanooga um, since she started playing volleyball. She had a poster of our Bolero at the time um, up on her wall. And this is where she wanted to go to school, dreamed of playing here, came to our camp, got to know her a little bit. And we just couldn't be more excited that she's going to join the team. Now, you've got a nice mix here of freshmen, some upperclassmen, and a graduate student. Uh, I got to ask about Aaron Wyatt, who's coming up from Georgia State as a graduate student, uh, a Texas native, a little bit about her and her game. Well, we've played against Georgia State for three years, so the year before I even got here, and she's been their leading scorer. She's definitely was their um, game-changing type of player. Um, they struggled a little bit as a program, but largely because of injuries and those kind of things, and she stayed healthy. Um, I think she can be a tremendous impact on our program next year. You've got a, a pretty solid group uh, that is coming back as well, a group that has – like Elaine Redmond and Paige Gallantine, you've got a, a group here that has a uh, a ton of experience. Sharday uh, Van Zant is back. Uh, Marcel uh, Baez Carlo is back. I mean, you have got uh, a pretty strong core. Is the challenge now taking that that group that you have here and how you mix in the new players? Is that the biggest challenge? It is, but, um, you know, when I got here, uh, we lost two-thirds of the offense in Jillian Finch and Maya Rackle. Um, so replacing them, you know, I was able to bring in Natalie Tyson, who was a first-team all-conference player for us. Um, and then, um, you know, she graduated, and so then I, we had to replace a large bulk of our offense, and we brought, we brought G back, which was great, and brought in Morgan Romano. So now we lose both of them. 
Um, so we've been constantly playing, um, you know, catch up with the offense. Luckily, defensively and in the setting role, we've had consistency. And so that's been um, that's been why we've been able to stay consistently pretty good. Um, but we the challenge is how to replace those offensive weapons um, from last year. So it's it's going to be tough. We're going to talk to Darren in, in a little bit about uh, about the beach volleyball program, and I, I think folks are have some familiarity with him. A little bit about Derek Bennett being a part of your staff, and also Rachel McClellan, some uh, some new faces in Chattanooga. Yeah, well, Derek was here with us this past season, so um, and he you know coaches the setters, so setting coach, so that's great. Elaine had a a great year. I feel like she should have probably gotten all conference. She was play, uh, setter of the week five times and setter of the month once. Um, so in our hearts, we know she was an all conference level um, setter for us. Um, and then Rachel McClellan um, has been in town, you know, for like the last 10 years, actually went to Saudi Daisy, moved around a little bit um, and then was um, an all American at Illinois. Um, so she, uh, you know, has four kids and has been doing the stay at home mom thing, but wanted to come and get back in the gym. Um, so we're very, very excited about the addition that she'll play with us. Um, you know, has already made an impact on our program, the, you know, when she's in the gym with them. So it's, it's pretty exciting, pretty good staff that we've put together. All right. Let's talk a little bit about the new rules that are happening in volleyball. Let's start now with double contact being approved in the women's game. What's the impact of this? What's it going to mean on the floor? Um, it's just going to take out, I think, uh, the discrepancy or the judgment call of the officials. So what would happen is the player would double contact and they wouldn't call it, they wouldn't call it, they wouldn't call it. And then you might be in the fifth set and they all of a sudden decide to call it. You know, or they're seeing something on one side and, and the coach feels like, you know, their player's doing the same thing and they're getting away with it on the other side and then they're not letting your player get away with it. So it will take all of that away, which I think is a great thing. You still can't do it on the third contact. So now you can double on the first contact and you can double on the set. You've been able to on the first. Now you can on the second and but you still can't on the third. So somebody's got to if your setter doubles the ball or your player doubles the ball on the second contact. It can't go over. Somebody's got to go up there and hit that ball. So they just viewed it as it's not really an advantage. If you have a crappy setter and they can't cleanly set the ball, what advantage is it, you know, to uh, to your team? It's really not. So let's just take that part, take those disputes away, keep the game moving, um, and and let the officials not have such a um, judgment call that everyone's mad at them about all the time. Take it away. There's a handful of rule changes this year. Can you quickly touch on anything that you think uh, will have an impact on the game? Yeah, the two liberos um, is going to be a good one. I don't think that people really see how much impact that will have, but um, I probably get five emails to one from back row players to hitters or setters. So meaning if I get, you know, five email, if I get 10 emails, five of them are going to be liberos at least, if not more. Um, so that's um, something that I think will really help those back row players have positions on the team. And then generally in that role, one of them's a better passer serve receiver and one of them's a better defensive player. So we've been using the defensive specialists and then we use the libero 
And so now you'll be able to um, have two of them, not on the court at the same time, but they can interchange for each other. So when you're in server seat, you can put your best passer in. When you're serving and you're defending, you can put in your best defender. So it's going to have a lot of impact on the game. Um, and it's great for the little people. I was a back row player in college. Um, and so it, I think it's really going to be great. More rallies, more um, more importance for that player. Maybe now two, two of them will get scholarships. We kind of generally only leave one scholarship for that position. Um, and then they have to wait till that player graduates. Now, maybe two players on your roster will be back row players on scholarship. So I think it can just open up the door for that that player, those players to have a bigger role even now. Coach, I want to finish up with uh, I gotta I gotta ask the obligatory schedule question, right? Like, where are you in the scheduling process for 2024? When are we going to see that released? Um, any day now. It's it's just waiting on times. So the times haven't been designated. We've got our conference schedule. Um, you know, we have one conflict with football that we're trying to work out with another conference school. Um, so, you know, the, it's, it's, it's pretty much done. So it should get released here in the next couple of weeks, once we get those times plugged in and that one little conflict, when we're going to play, cause we have a home football game that day. So what time are we going to play that conference match or are we going to move it to Sunday? And that's all we're waiting to, you know, you kind of agree to those with the other school and the conference and everybody always works those things out. Uh, you know, coach, you and I, we've talked about it before, and uh, I think it's it's one of the more noticeable changes in addition to what it's looked like on the court during the game. But I think one of the noticeable changes with you coming in uh, has just been the overall atmosphere inside McClellan uh, on a match day. And, you know, we've talked before about the, I think the energy that your squad brings, not just those that are playing, but those that are on the bench as, as well. That has, uh, look, I, I tell everybody, I, I don't know that there is anything else you could do on a Saturday or a Sunday and have as much fun as it is coming watching your kids play because, uh, again, that the just the overall energy and excitement around it has been fun to watch. I appreciate that because, um, you know, obviously I have a great passion for the sport and I share that and I want that to show in everything that I do. So this year, my big push is going to be attendance, uh, get the attendance up, get out in the community um, and, and invite people to games and have fun uh, marketing schemes to get them there. You know, when schools all over the country are breaking attendance records, um, I know that we can do it here as well. Um, there's a big, huge volleyball community in Chattanooga. Um, with different clubs and a lot of players playing. There was, you know, the everyone knows about the Nebraska game with 90,000 people in the football stadium. Um, but those, you know, records are are breaking all over in um, all different types of gyms and, and programs, um, D1, 2, 3, NAIA, JUCO, everybody. Um, so, and then viewership on television is, is shattering records for people watching volleyball. And with the new pro league, um, that's on now and players are getting to stay home in um, the USA and get to play professionally instead of having to go overseas. So, um, you know, so we're really going to push to get people at our games and break the attendance record, which I think is a couple thousand um, that was set quite a few years ago when we played Tennessee. Um, and so that's my big push now is get out in the community and what just exactly what you said, what better you got to do. I know there's a lot of great things to do in Chattanooga, but come and watch a volleyball match and um, and get 
you know, get some more excitement and support for our, our girls and, and the program here at Chattanooga. Yeah, you won't be disappointed. I guarantee it. Coach, I appreciate it. Uh, look, we'll do this again as soon as that schedule is, uh, is official, and uh, we'll look forward to it. Okay, sounds great. Thank you. Appreciate Coach Torbett and her time as always. Looking forward to the release of that schedule and also what this uh, what this roster is going to uh, is going to look like. You know, she has had tremendous success using the transfer portal exactly what the way I think most coaches want to use it. Let me use it to plug a hole here or there. And she has had tremendous success going into the transfer portal and bringing in some new players every year. You mix that in with some freshmen, including a local kid. I think there's going to be a lot of excitement around Chattanooga Volleyball this year. A lot of excitement around beach volleyball as well. Darren Van Horn, he is the beach volleyball coach. Get a chance to uh, chat with him and uh, get caught up on how things are going in the sand. Coach, thanks for uh, coming to hang out with us for a little bit. I wanted to, um, just a couple of general things in regards to, to beach volleyball. What is the, like the timetable like for you guys? How quickly can you get your team in the sand and, and go to work? And just tell us a little bit about kind of what the timetable is for you guys leading up to the start of the season. Yeah, I mean, uh, we we jump back in the sand if we can as soon as as soon as school starts. Um, so that's kind of in the second week of January usually. Um, you know, we kind of have a rule of thumb if the weather gets below forty degrees, uh, we kind of reconsider practicing. <laughs> um, but you know, I think I'm fortunate enough that this team is is anxious to get better, excited to get in the sand and work hard. Um, so. You know they they push the envelope to have practice as well and they want to be out there and so um we have about with that being said we have about a month and a half ish uh before our first weekend event um when we return and so um it seems like a long time but i think it's also a great way to kind of help figure out what pairs work out especially with having crossover kids from indoor um you know you get to train the beach only players in the fall but kind of adding those indoor players into the mix um you know, it gives us some time to figure out what those pairs look like and what match what what matches well. Um, and I felt like we had a, a really good preseason in that regard and also just have a lot of options this year. You know, last year we had 10 players only uh, and this year we have 17. So um, a lot more possibilities with this group. And I think that the longer preseason helped that. Correct me if I'm wrong, too, Coach. I think uh, in the early days of this program, you relied heavily on your indoor kids coming over and playing beach. It seems like in the last year, last two years, you've actually been able to go out and recruit some kids just to play beach volleyball, right? Yeah, that's correct, uh, especially when we were just trying to get the, the program started. Uh, we almost use all indoor kids, um, and so student-athletes and now we're at the point where the majority is is beach only. Um, and I think, you know, that's kind of been the game plan for us as a staff. I think it just allows beach volleyball to have its own identity um, and just giving, you know, people who are at the junior level training to, to go play beach volleyball um, an opportunity to play at, at the collegiate level. And, you know, the knowledge of the game, I think, goes a long way when you're when you're training you know, from a young age up until now, um, it's very, in my opinion, the beach volleyball is very much a mental game and 
there's a lot of adjustments and strategy changes quickly throughout the throughout competing. And so, um, you know, I think that's been a benefit to us is that our our beach only players have a have a mind for the game already versus having to kind of teach some of the the more basic things to maybe some crossover kids who don't have as as much of a beach background. But um, those indoor kids bring a lot of athleticism and and a lot of fire too. So I think it's a it's a really good blend between the two now. Yeah, I don't know what the numbers say. You you probably know this, but it just feels like beach volleyball is becoming, if it's not already, it's on its way to being maybe the fastest growing uh, sport, especially at the at the youth and the the high school level. I, I'm hearing more and more about it. Uh, are you seeing that? Are you finding it? Maybe uh, the the interest is growing when you're out on the recruiting trail. Yeah, definitely. I know um, at least I know two or three years ago it was named the fastest growing sport. Um, I haven't seen really necessarily the numbers this year, but um, no, for sure. I, the high school, there's a lot of high schools adding beach volleyball, especially in those kind of warmer regions um, in Florida, Arizona, California is adding more, even though they've had a decent amount. Um, and so it's, it's definitely becoming more and more popular as a sport, uh, I think, because you know, you're, you're always engaged in the play. Um, you know, there's only two of you out there. So everybody's kind of touching the ball in some sort of capacity. And most of the time you can't beat the the sun outside and the wind, a nice breeze. So I think it's a very attractive sport for a lot of athletes. Um, and it's just continuing to grow for sure. All right. Let's talk a little bit about the conference. You guys have already got the season underway. Conference play comes up later. I know you got some big stuff coming up soon, and I, I do want to get to that, but I want to start a little bit. Uh, beach volleyball competes in the Ohio Valley Conference. Give folks an idea of who you compete against and just kind of the, the quality of the competition that you're going against. Yeah. So uh, we've had some movement um, since we've created the Ohio Valley Beach Conference, I guess. Um, you know, UT Martin, Moorhead State, they were both uh, teams that we've played against from the start. Uh, we've recently added Tennessee Tech, uh, Lindenwood, and Eastern Illinois. Um, and so, you know, the the competitiveness of this uh, conference is just getting better as people get years underneath their belt. Um, you know, Lindenwood uh, has a lot of has a complete separation as far as like coaching staff and programs. Um, so they're growing pretty rapidly, just getting, you know, a lot of experience. Um, Eastern Illinois has a year under their belt. They just won the Ohio Valley for indoor. And so, you know, that it's been kind of noted that the teams that win the indoor conference usually have a pretty good beach team as well. Um, you know, UT Martin's on the last two years, and it's been kind of a rivalry for us, um, as well as Morehead State. And so, uh, you know, the, and then Tennessee Tech, you know, they've, they've just brought in a coach, actually, uh, with indoor that also has a lot of beach experience. So, you know, I, I think that he's, his name's Fran, he's helping them out a lot. I know Zach uh, over there at Tennessee Tech, he's, he's a very good mind of the game and a, and a great learner. And so he's quickly been Kind of helping those girls get better and you know after their so after everybody had their first year i just expect it to get stronger and stronger and um and that's what we want you know we want competitiveness we want to you know be in engaged in fun competitive games um and so it, it's it's a joy to see the growth within the conference 
you guys have made an impact pretty quickly. Like, I mean, you, you guys were competitive uh, from a conference standpoint almost from day one. Uh, this year, as we look ahead and start talking about this current season, you guys were picked to finish second behind UT Martin, who you mentioned, but you also have the uh, the OVC Player of the Year from last year, who is uh, who is back a little. Uh, tell us a little bit about her and and what she brings to the sand when she steps out. Yeah, Neva. Um, you know, Neva's. Uh... She's a special kid. Uh, a, there's a lot of words to describe her. She, you know, she's the hardest working player on our team. I would say, uh, you know, at least she doesn't let anybody outwork her. She stays after practice to get reps for herself. She is very much a student of the game. Um, you know, she's always kind of asking questions, watching film. Uh, even more, she goes above and beyond uh, in a lot of ways with that, and more than I ask her to do. Um, and I think that's just, you know, that plays into what she's been able to accomplish. Uh, you know, she doesn't she doesn't have a low standard for herself. Everything's high. She wants to be the best at everything. Uh, but the beauty of her, too, is that she wants to see her team do well beside her. You know, uh, she understands that this is not just a, a one person show or a one pair show. She understands that, um, you know, it's going to take all of us to be successful and and she does a really good job of, you know, holding people accountable and engaging people and um, trying to get the best out of them. So, you know, she's kind of worked with different partners throughout her career and, and she's made every single one of them better. Um, and yeah, it's just there's so many good things to say about her. And uh, in my opinion, she's really helped this program get to where it is today. Uh, and yeah, so. You have four on the uh, conference's preseason top 10 player list. She is one. Tell us about the other three. Yeah, so um, I'll start with Joy. That was her partner last year. Um, you know, Joy, she can be a little bit more quiet, but uh, she really sets an example. She's so, she's so fun to watch. Uh, she's very crafty. She is creative. Um, you know, Everybody gets kind of annoyed with her at practice because she does things that are unexpected, but um, with very with high intention, right? She sees the game at, at a level that um, you know I think people try to pick her brain about uh, because she's just you know she's smaller, so she finds ways to be creative. Um, then you have uh, Maddie Lisek and uh, McKenna Facek. Uh, they were a pair last year and are a pair this year. And, um, you know, they were freshmen last year and really made a splash coming into the program. Um, you know, they were the all-conference tournament pair. Um, I don't think they dropped a single game throughout the OVC tournament. Um, and so they've just – it's been fun to watch them grow together, um, you know, and just kind of establish themselves in this conference. Um, you know, they're again, they're, they're a pair that want to be successful, want to push the envelope. Um, with the program and, and kind of help us succeed. And uh, they've been super fun to coach as well. So coming up this, uh, coming up this weekend, you guys go to Columbia, South Carolina for a, uh, you get a matchup with, uh, with South Carolina right off the bat on Saturday. Talk a little bit about uh, what you're going to see. College of Charleston's going to be there. Coastal Carolina, UNC Wilmington, uh, along with uh, along with Chattanooga. Just a little bit about the trip to South Carolina and the competition you're going to face. Yeah, we're super excited about this trip. Um, you know, South Carolina traditionally has been a top 20 team 
know, almost all, every year uh, at some point at least. And, you know, so to me, that's really pushing the envelope for us, of just challenging ourselves um, and kind of seeing where we stand against really high-level teams. Um, then you've got College of Charleston, UNCW, and Coastal. And in, in my eyes, you know, those are the people we're trying to to chase or, you know, I think those are what the high level of our conference looks like. And so I, I think that, you know, it's a good measuring stick for us um, to kind of see where we're at and see what we need to improve on. Uh, we already saw Coastal last week. They're, they're just a very strong team, uh, well-coached. And, um, you know, I think they're even kind of knocking at the door of, of cracking into that top 20 or, or trying to. And so, um, to me, it's just a very, it's a great challenge for us, you know, and, and we want to be challenged, um, especially as, as we can have a group now where everybody's back from last year, we're adding even some more veterans into the mix. Um, and so I feel like we're really, truly ready to be pushed at a high level. Um, you know, last year we had a lot of new faces, but a lot of young faces. And so, um, not that I ever didn't want to push them at that point either, but this year, I, I just feel like if we want to kind of overtake the conference and, and really push for a OBC championship, we've got to really push ourselves against the opponents we're going against. And so we kind of, to me, we went after a lot of higher level teams um, to kind of see where we stand and how we can get better. So coach, I appreciate the time as always. We'll look forward to catching up with you uh, as we go through the season and uh, best of luck to you guys and safe travels to South Carolina this week. All right. Thank you, Chris. Thanks to Coach Van Horn. Thanks to Coach T. Thanks to you. Thanks to our producer as well, Tate Johnson. She's the one that puts all this together and really makes it happen. Thanks for being with us this week. We'll look forward to uh, catching up with you again. We'll continue to talk a little Mox Athletics every single week right here. It's Mox on the Mic. Until then, so long, everybody, and go Mox. Thanks for listening to Mox on the Mic. Please remember to rate, subscribe, and review. And we'll see you again soon.